we're going to talk tonight about, or start talking tonight about the offices of the church or the the designated leaders of the church. So we've talked we talked about <clears throat> our last couple of Wednesday night sessions. We talked about uh, what a church is, right? That it's an assembly of believers who gather and uh, preach the word and observe the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. We talked um, last time about what Jesus himself said about the church, that the church was not a a later development sort of post-Jesus, like Jesus just wanted people to get together in small groups and disciple one another, and then it turned into this big institution. No, Jesus himself in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18 spoke about the church as a body that would gather, um, that would be built on um, the uh, teaching of the apostles and the confession of Jesus as the Messiah, um, that it would be a, a place where sin is dealt with and, and all those kind of things. So we saw that Jesus himself um, was uh, planning for, teaching about, making preparations for the, for the church uh, that... Um, in a sense, came into existence on the day of Pentecost. Um, tonight, <clears throat> I want us to talk about, again, talking about the offices of the church. So who um, has been designated by God uh, to lead the church, and what is their role, and what are their um, qualifications, what are they expected to do? Um, and there are two offices given um, in the New Testament uh, for the church. And uh, we see both of them in the, this uh, very first verse of Philippians in chapter 1, verse 1, where Paul says, uh, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons. So those are the two offices we see in the church. Now, obviously, we don't get that just from Philippians 1.1, right? Um, we also see, and we'll look at this a little bit later, in 1 Timothy 3, uh, Paul gives to Timothy the qualifications for uh, elders in verses 1 to 7, and then the qualifications for deacons in the verses that follow. And those are the only two categories that he gives those qualifications for. Um, so uh, those two um, offices, right, are the ones that God has set up as the two uh, leaders for the church. And in fact, we see both of these in a sense in uh, Acts chapter 6 as well, where the apostles, um, it's brought to the apostles' attention that there's a division in the church because some of the uh, some of the people in the church think that their widows are not being cared for as well as the other part of the church. And so they um, the apostles have the church uh, essentially nominate what we now recognize as deacons, though they're not labeled that way in that passage. That's, we think that's what they were, the first deacons. Um, and the apostles there represent the elders or the pastors who are devoted to the preaching of the word and the ministry of prayer. And the deacons are devoted to uh, the protecting the unity of the church and serving the physical needs of the members of the church. So... Again, Philippians 1.1 is not the only place we see these two offices. We see it in Acts. We see it uh, in 1 Timothy 3. Um, and so tonight we're going to focus on uh, the office of pastor. And then um, 
next time or the time after that, depending on how much of this we get through tonight, we'll talk about uh, deacons. Um, now, <clears throat> when you look at Philippians 1.1, you might not automatically, it might not automatically register for you that this is talking about pastors because the word, at least in the, in the ESV that I'm using, and I know that many of you are using, uh, the word there is overseers. That's not a word that we use terribly often, right? Um, but it is one of three words that are used in the New Testament to describe the office of pastor. And these three words, um, they're all different and all have slightly different meanings, but they are all synonyms, meaning they all refer to the same office. They just highlight different aspects of the office. So... Um, one of those words is the word that's translated here, overseers. It's the word that um, we usually hear translated bishop. Right? Um, it's the word episkopos. It's, um, so it's a bishop or an overseer uh, that has the, an emphasis on the, um, almost on the sort of administrative side of things, the oversight, right? the observation, the, the watching over all these people under your care. Then there's the word um, elder, which is the, the Greek word presbyteros, which is where the word Presbyterian comes from, because they, uh, their government is, the way their church is governed is by a board of elders, and then those, some of those elders make up the session that oversees several churches, and then some of those elders make up the, uh, I'm drawing a blank on what the name is, I guess the General Assembly is what's next, they're essentially their denomination, like we have our convention. Um, so they're called Presbyterian because their government, the way their church is governed is mainly by elders. Um, bishops you hear about in the Anglican church or the Catholic church. Um, and then the other word, the third word, <clears throat> is uh, the word pastor uh, or the word shepherd, which mean the same thing. We, we so... Uh, we are so used to using the word pastor to refer to a preacher that we have forgotten that the word pastor is really, uh, <clears throat> it's, a, it's an animal husbandry word, right? More than it is a, a church word. It's become a church word, but it has to do with somebody who cares for sheep or, or flocks or herds, right? It's a, uh, the Greek word is poimen, a, a, a shepherd um, a pastor. So all three of those words <clears throat> refer to the single office of pastor. Um, even though they've, the way we use them now, <clears throat> we use them rather distinctly, right? So, uh, like we said before, Presbyterians tend to have elders, Anglicans and Catholics tend to have bishops, and Baptists tend to have pastors. But in the New Testament, those words all mean the same thing. Right. It's uh, it's similar to uh, the way we talk about the Lord's Supper. Right. Some people call it communion. Some people call it the Eucharist. Some people call it the Lord's table or the Lord's Supper. Well, all three of those come from Scripture. Uh, Eucharist comes from the Greek word that means to give thanks. Right. So you give thanks uh, when you bless the bread, you know, whatever. Um, and and Paul talks about how we. Uh, you know, our fellowshipping around the table. There's our, our unit. So communion, fellowship, all, all of those words come from descriptions in the New Testament, but we've sort of picked one here and one there to, and attached them to certain uh, denominations or certain approaches to these things. But 
in the New Testament, they all mean the same thing. So, um, to to demonstrate that, I, I don't want you to, you know, take that on on my word. Uh, there are a couple of places where this is really obvious. The uh, the first one is in the book of Acts, chapter twenty, where it's clear that all three of these words mean the same thing. So, in Acts chapter twenty, starting in verse seventeen, there's this uh, long and famous. Um, speech that Paul gives, an appeal that he gives to the elders of the church at Ephesus. This is the last time that he's going to see them. He knows he's on his way to Jerusalem. Um, he uh, has um, an idea, I think, of how things are going to go uh, at this point. And so um, he's, he's prepared never to see these people again. And he spent a pretty good amount of time in Ephesus. So he is close to these people. He loves these people. And so um, verse 17 says, Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. All right, so that's the first word, elders. He summons the elders to come to him. And then he starts, he starts talking to them about how, you know, how he operated while he was among them, what his ministry was like, what he sought to do, the message he proclaimed, all those kinds of things. And then... Um, down in verse 28, he says to the elders, he says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers or made you bishops. So you elders, the Holy Spirit has made you bishops or overseers to care for the church of God. And this is where um, we don't always get to see everything in even in a really good English translation. To care for there uh, is a translation of the word to shepherd, right? So you could say the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd or to pastor the church of God. So all three of those words, elder, bishop, pastor, all three of those words are used interchangeably to uh, describe the role that these men have in the church, right? They are elders. They are looked up to as respected leaders, mature uh, members of the congregation, Um, overseers, bishops. They have oversight. They're administrating. They're, you know, in charge of the body. Um, And then pastors, shepherds, they are to uh, feed and care for the flock. All three of those words are used to describe this one group of, of men who are uh, responsible for caring for the church. And then another place that we see the same thing is 1 Peter chapter 5. So we're kind of jumping all over tonight. But 1 Peter chapter 5, we see... Yeah, right? Right? See how fast you can find it. Uh, 1 Peter 5, it uh, has the same three words, again, in a small... um, compact area uh, where it's clear that all three of these terms refer to the same people. So Peter says in verse 1 of chapter 5, he says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder. So Peter says, I'm an elder and I'm talking to the elders. I'm one of you. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. So there again, you have all three, right? I'm an elder, you're an elder. 
shepherd, the flock, pastor, the people, right? Exercise oversight. That's the, the same idea, right? The same word, basically, of being a bishop, being an overseer. So all three of those words, again, refer to the same thing. And you see two of them together a little bit earlier in Peter, in 1 Peter 2.25, uh, both of them applied to Jesus, <coughs> where uh, he says, You were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls, the pastor and bishop of your souls. That's Jesus. So, um, these, because these words, again, have been attached to certain denominations or certain church structures, uh, or whatever, um, sometimes they can make us a little bit nervous, right? You start talking about bishops, you, ooh, you're not talking about, you're not talking about me. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Catholics or or Anglicans, or you might be talking about you know Pentecostal or whatever, you know. But you, you know, we don't talk about bishops in Baptist churches. We don't have bishops, right? Um, but <clears throat> if we reject the word bishop entirely and don't think about what it means, we're ignoring a part of what the Bible says a pastor's role is, the role of oversight, because that's what the word bishop means. Um, same thing with, um, with elder. Right? We don't use the word elder a lot to uh, describe pastors uh, in Baptist churches now. And there was a time when Baptists did use that word a lot more often. And when uh, Baptist churches um, had multiple elders, uh, multiple pastors, more often than they do now. And that's starting to uh, be more common again now. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where we have to go back, we need to go back to the New Testament, and we have to distinguish between how the words are used in the Bible and how the words are used today, right? So, We need to have both in our mind of, okay, usually when somebody uses the word bishop now, they're talking about a church structure that we would say as Baptists is beyond what the New Testament teaches. Because usually a bishop is uh, somebody who's set apart over um, a set of pastors and churches, and this is sort of like a pastor over the pastors, a pastor over the churches. Um, And... Baptist churches don't function like that. We're all autonomous. Um, so we want to have that in mind, but then also have in mind but there's not a, that there's not a problem with the word, right? That the word is a biblical word that has an important meaning that teaches us something about what a pastor is supposed to do. So that's an um, <clears throat> important thing for us to keep in mind. Now, um, what are pastors supposed to do? Right? What is their role? What is their job? So we've figured out that we have these three words, right? and the words themselves give us a pretty good idea of what pastors are supposed to do. Right? That they are supposed to uh, be, as, as elders, right? that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be old, right? but they do need to be uh, what an elder in the community is, right? which is somebody that you look up to, somebody who's respected, somebody that people listen to, um, and, and that kind of thing. And one of the <clears throat> main emphases of um, the uh, qualifications for pastors that Paul gives to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 is they've got to be above reproach, they've got to have a good reputation with outsiders, they've got to be a husband of one wife, etc. In other words, they've got to have the standing that an elder in the community would have, somebody that everybody respects and looks up to. They don't have to be, they're not going to be perfect, 
right? But they need to be respectable. Um, as uh, a shepherd, right? As a pastor, um, they need to have the kind of heart for their people that a shepherd has for his sheep, right? He cares about them. He wants them to be taken care of. He feeds them. He watches uh, out for their well-being. He protects them from those who would seek to harm them and lead them astray and uh, and those kind of things. As a bishop or an overseer, right, he's, he's exercising oversight. He's paying attention to what's going on and trying to make sure everything is functioning well and all those kinds of things. So we get a hint just from those words. And then we also get a pretty clear directive um, from that passage uh, earlier in Acts that I mentioned, Acts chapter 6, where you have the first deacons being <clears throat> set apart to serve in the church and the apostles, who we don't have apostles anymore, but their role uh, in the sense of, of ministry of the word was passed on to the, uh, the elders, the pastors, um, in, uh, in Acts 6 verse 4. Uh, they say, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And that's what you see Paul emphasizing for Timothy as well. Paul tells Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. Uh, he tells Timothy, preach the word in season and out of season. When people want to listen to you and when they don't. Your job is to preach the word. Uh, we see Paul doing this in his own ministry. as setting an example as a pastor and a church planter. He's always teaching. He's always preaching. He's always pointing people back to the scriptures and explaining them and helping them see how they relate to Christ. So that's what a pastor is supposed to do. Um, that's what the role of the pastor is for. Uh, next time, we'll come back and look at <clears throat> the qualifications for a pastor in First Timothy 3, and then we'll go from there, uh, Lord willing, to look at what the Bible says about deacons. But uh, we'll stop there for now, um, and uh, does anybody have any thoughts or comments or questions?